Man, we have covered all the bases with music today. Good job, DJ Jimmy. Oh, um, this one this always was gets banger. cranked up. Yeah. Uh, we uh, welcome in somebody who has uh, a lot of diversification, whether it be in his basketball, his music, his shoe game, or his uh, fit game. Joel Lorenzi from the World Herald. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Man, you be showing me too much love, man. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I feel for you when you have to go through a major snowstorm. You thought you'd escaped it, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's Omaha. It's Omaha isn't really the Midwest, right? Like, it's just sure it is. Country. Sure yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. Hey. Yeah, I, I, the Midwest, man. I'm so tired of the damn Midwest. I just can't get out of it. The, the other day, the, I think the only thing that really disappointed me was that, like, I'm going down Dodge because that's like the street I take to, to get to work. I mean, it's like the, the busiest street in the city, and there are like one or two lanes wherever you go that are like out of use because there's a there was a whole pile of snow. Yeah, snow know. medians. I, I never yep. seen nothing like that. We get snow medians every now and then. It just keeps you from turning left. <laughs> yeah, they're serious about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I wouldn't have complained if I didn't spin out into incoming traffic. I think that was what got me. Uh, oh, yeah, that will. Okay. Everything good, though, yeah. with the uh, the four wheels? Yeah, 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 it's cool now. I mean, everything's uh, mostly melted now, so I can't okay. complain now. Hey, do we want to fix the NBA All-Star game, or do we just want to leave it like it is? I'm so glad, man. Cause I, was, I was reading all these tweets yesterday, and I was watching that game on and off all transcribing, and I'm like, Man, this is hard to watch. Like that, I, I thought the whole weekend um, really broke my heart as a guy who um, used to, no matter what age, um, rush to the TV and be glued to it the whole weekend. When this, you know, the middle of February will come around. That was me. Um, and it seems like between trying to, you know, between players attitudes and narratives toward the, the weekend and um, between, you know, the NBA's league offices and Adam Silver trying to constantly create change to mm-hmm. keep the people engaged. I think a lot of the changes are unnecessary. Um, they made a product that is like, it's, it's like fleeting entertainment. It's that. And, and so the dunk contest, nobody wants to do the dunk contest. Nobody wants to watch it. Really, the players are just too cool. So um, nobody wants to watch Mac McClung. I mean, shout out Mac McClung because he's a high flyer and was cool. Um, but he was like the glaring outlier in that dunk contest. I mean, I'm watching Jericho Sims, a guy who supposed to be, you know, a powerful, uh, you know, dude is getting his head above the roof. And I'm like, yo, I want to implode watching him do his dunks. I'm like, this is hard to watch. And then the game itself, oh, my God. You seen yeah. Mike Malone say oh, yeah. um, it was the worst basketball game he's ever seen. And, frankly, I don't think he's far off, man. I, I, I thought, okay, this feels like a little less intense than what I'm used to. Um, but when the 4-4 comes around, hey, I, I'll shut up. And they never shut me up. And what really grinding my gears was when Candace Parker was like, okay, this is interesting. When, when, uh <laughs> I think yep. right before Lori Markinen shot a three and the whole uh, Bronx squad just watched him. Nobody even walked him within 10 feet of him. Mm. I'm like, okay, sure. This is interesting. I, I mean, I've been waiting for the moment all night when they give me my first thrill of the weekend and it did not happen. So, man, they need to change the All-Star weekend. Like, it's so 
I'm glad this is a talking point now because this is this is the peak. This is this is where you say, okay, it is at rock bottom in terms of um, you know the real fans and even casual fans. Where are casual fans getting out of this, man? Yeah, yeah. The I, I want to go back. The dunk contest did it start to significantly go downhill since Blake Griffin dunked over Ikea? No, 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 no. Hey, hey, <laughs> we, 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 we can't erase the, the Zach Levine that's and true, yeah. Aaron Gordon years. Yeah, that's like, true. Those were some of the best dunk contests ever. Yeah. Uh, probably, I mean, the, the the one, I don't remember what year it was, maybe 2015. That, that, you argue that's the best dunk contest ever, yeah. seriously, um, in terms of creativity and everything. Um, and I thought even the, the the last good one to me was uh, the Derrick Jones and Aaron where he got robbed again. Uh, so really, I think that's probably where it fell off there. And um, and so it is possible to get like non-superstars because, you know, back in the day it was the superstars, the stars competing in. And you had Dominique and you had um, – Jordan and through the years, maybe Vince Carter, Kobe, like mm-hmm. they were big names yeah. doing the dunk contest. And now it's like, um, and, and I remember when I got into the sport, uh, the guys who would be in a dunk contest would be like budding stars who you hadn't heard yeah. of yet because they were too yeah. young or whatever. Now it's just like, they're just getting, hey, you can dunk. Uh, <laughs> you might be the 13th man, but if you can dunk, if people know you can dunk league-wide, like, hey, come right. on. And I think, wow, I'm intrigued by that. Um, I wanted to see Jericho Sims go out there, even though he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody doesn't, and so the the appeal behind it is just not there. I, I thought I thought the dunk contest would have been better had Shaden Sharp uh, competed, but he backed out last minute. But even still, that only would have moved the meter so much. I think. Yeah, you can't have a guy that's not in the NBA winning your slam dunk competition. But you know, I mean, we, we all we yeah, all we, yeah, that's not a good look. Hey, so tomorrow night's huge game against Marquette. We'll get your your thoughts on that one, but I want to go back to Saturday night in New York City and Art Kaluma. People will remember Art for his closeout on a 9-0 run to help Creighton pull away from St. John's and guarantee that that game. But, man, is there any other player that you followed or you watch that is more unpredictable on what you're getting night to night, that they show flashes of being really, really good, and they can give you good, bad, and ugly all in the course of one game like Art does? Um, college basketball, um, I I can't think of a player quite like that. Um, and I think that's been the fun part about covering Art, is that you never know what you're going to get. I thought there was going to be some consistency there um, when the new year started because then it was like you saw what he was offering, you know, high-intensity, offensive boards, um, He's going to be in your face. Uh, he might get a couple slams off of art. Like, he was going to be not an enforcer, but, um, you know, the high-intensity, do-the-gritty-stuff guy. Mm-hmm. And and now um, I, I think he kind of fell off, but um, the, the intensity was maybe lacking for, like, a game or two. I mean, uh, they, he did go – did it for – I'd say eight games straight during that win streak. Um, and then the other night, I mean, um, I couldn't have told you that that was going to happen. Nobody could have. Nobody yeah. could lie and say they thought that would have happened. I mean, I I never thought that either him or Baylor should stop shooting because mm-hmm. 
it's it's not what they've ever done with stop shooting, but um, I I would be lying if I told you that I I knew he was gonna make one three down the stretch, yeah. let alone three straight. I mean, that, no nobody on this team, probably nobody in in college basketball. You might find two or three more people outside of him that are as unpredictable. Well, John, we've talked about this for the last two weeks now, and Creighton continuing to sort of establish their identity in winning just some ugly games. And their games in college basketball, if you look around, that you could see even a team that could be considered one of the better teams in the country will slip up every now and then. So kind of similar to what I asked you a week before, it was Saturday, were you more encouraged just them finding a way to win that type of game, or were there concerns that come out of that one, in your opinion? There was both. Um, I think if you're a fan, you're probably concerned about Baylor's shooting yeah. um, because he's had a few games like that now to the point where you're like, Okay, because this happened as they're making a tournament run. Like, that's concerning. Uh, I'm not sure it was super surprising on Art because he has had the most consistent or best shooting season. So, uh, and then for, for him to turn around the way he did to end the game, I think it's more encouraging than anything. But I think, um, I think yeah, the, 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 the bad parts of that game, um, you know, were – I don't know. They've they've had games in spurts like that. Um, I, I would say it was more encouraging than anything, obviously, because um, almost every game they've won over the past month, they've had to grind out. And mm-hmm. They keep finding different ways. I mean, Art hitting three straight threes and the bench <laughs> giving them 20 points. Neither of those were on the bingo card, man. No. Like, neither. Um, and so the fact that they keep finding ways to win um, whether it's an ugly game or it's a game where they're up 10 suddenly with two minutes to go and they're just ice and free throws, like, they're finding ways to win, man. This is a team that uh, now I see is infinitely better at closing games than it was in the non-conference. And so I think it was more encouraging than anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think if I'm Mike Anderson, I'm like, you know what, we'll let Kaluma and Sharif Mitchell shoot threes. We're going to be fine. Well, they paid the price with Sharif off the bench, and then Art late. But I want to go back to Shireman, because while there's Ryan Nemhard is shooting it well from beyond the arc, and healthy, man, he, he's a whole different player when he's fully healthy. Last three games for Baylor, 9 of 36 from the floor, 4 of 22 from the arc. Has he hit the wall? I mean, what what is what's the issue right now? Because they can't afford to have that moving forward. Uh, from here on into the tournament for a guy that's got to make some shots. Yeah, well, he's still a bona fide shooter, right? I think uh, everybody hits that wall at some point. Um, he, he he just looks human now. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it's coming at a a time that's maybe uh, playing too close to the to the vest for some, you know, crazy fans. But um, with that kind of stuff, usually you break out of that um, – over the next few games with the way he's played the past three games. So um, I wouldn't be too worried long-term, but it's the fact that it can happen that um, probably might worry Creighton fans during a tournament run that 
You know, you have to have – you have to bring your best probably every game during a six-game run, and um, you have to have a certain amount of luck, and he's had some unlucky shooting. I think the gravity alone of his shot, though, um, and how far and how deep you have to usually pick him up um, benefits him a lot, even when he's on a cold streak. Um, so it's not like people are going to start going under on him like they did that yeah. part earlier in the year. But I will say, too, like, they got guys that have managed to offset that, whether it was Columbus three straight threes or uh, Nemhard shooting in recent games or Trey Alexander, you know, coming with the heater. Like, they've had guys to offset that for the most part, even on bad shooting nights or relatively bad shooting nights. There, there's always a couple guys that come with the shot making over the past month or so that have, you know, uh, made up for that. Last time these two teams played Marquette and Creighton, I mean, kind of crazy to think where I think we when we saw Creighton, or I'm sorry, Marquette, we thought, okay, yeah, there's a team that could win the league. I don't think any of us were thinking about Creighton at the time, and yet here we are tomorrow night. So I, when you kind of look at this one, where these teams have come from, and, and kind of ultimately what it entails, what's your feeling on on Creighton tomorrow night? Um, I think they should feel good. Not yeah. super good, not as good as, uh, you know, St. John's coming to town or something. Uh, Marquette, man, I, I thought I think Marquette is next to Creighton. I think they're on the same tier of team mm-hmm. right now uh, in the Big East, man. Marquette is a really just veteran, um, really high Q, great top 10 offense. Um, and their defense is super far behind, which has made them a great team. And um, Tyler Kolick is playing like one of the best point guards in the country. And behind him, man, that team can do some crazy things. I mean, when I watched them bounce Baylor uh, early in the year, I mean, it seemed like somewhat of a fluke. Um, but they proved that it, it's been so much less than that mm-hmm. um, since then. I mean, they've the way they've gone through the – the conference schedule and and people will say uh people will mention the the UConn game a couple weeks back or a week ago and say oh yeah well they're human this and that but I mean Marquette man the way they've gone through this this slate I I, I think Marquette still has the upper hand in terms of uh in terms of winning the regular season title I mean even if they lose mm-hmm. um they could probably still share the title assuming Creighton wins out or both win out um. And so Marquette, man, I think they have less to lose. Um, but they're just a really damn good team. Yeah. Um, so I know the Carl Brunner wasn't playing the last time they played, which will definitely uh, change the game drastically. But I think that still ends up with one possession game. I, I, I mean, and, and they have played some doozies in that building um, from Marcus Howard a couple of years ago. I mean, I, I think the one takeaway I have from that game on December 16th is I thought Shaka Smart is doing a great job with five players that have NBA skill sets, but can they keep it going for an extended period of time? They have. So he's my Big East coach of the year. Um, but I don't know I don't know what else, like from Creighton's standpoint, Kalkbrenner didn't play. Fred King was playing a lot of minutes and was really good that night. Against the Havoc, you turned it over 18 times. You only hit four threes. I don't know how much from the Creighton standpoint you go, oh, that's we got to watch out for that because – Eleven in the middle makes a big difference, but I agree with you. This is a Marquette team that is is legit, and it's a heck of a job that that Shaka Smart has done. 
Yeah, and you and you mentioned the turnovers. They won't have to force as much in the middle of the floor as they did uh, that time. I, I I keep trying to explain to people that um, you know the difference, and you've seen this in recent games. Um, and this is no knock to Fred because he's still young and he's had his fair share of flashes, but. There's a difference, a visible difference. I think this was the Providence game where you really saw it stand out. When Carl is on the floor versus Fred King on the floor, just on the offensive end, let's talk about the offensive end, the, the screens, the angles he rolls, um, all that, it just opens up so much more offense because the help defenders are just fighting by him and what he can do because all his work comes away from the ball. He doesn't, he's not going to spam post touches. All his work comes away from the ball. Um, and so, um, on that end, he's, he's going to do some some big things because in that first meeting, um, they went to Baylor back at this point in the season. They had went to Baylor probably a lot more than they were used to. Um, and he had to force a lot of stuff in the middle of the floor. He had his, you know, empty side post-ups, stuff they wouldn't have done or tried probably if Carl was playing. So um, I think they can use that type of stuff, which I think could probably still work against Marquette as a wrinkle and not like, you know, every yep. few possession type thing. Like, um, Coughlin is just going to open up so much more for them that I think they're going to have to worry less about contingency plans and, and whatnot. So. Yeah, it should be a great night. It'll be Mardi Gras. It'll be uh, mm-hmm. for the Big East. Should be a lot of fun. Joel, we appreciate it as always. We'll see you tomorrow night. Appreciate you guys. See you. That's uh, yeah. Joel Lorenzi from the Omaha World Herald. Mardi Gras. Yeah. People getting into Mardi Gras? Well, etouffee. But my, my my wife makes a great etouffee. We do it every Fat Tuesday. That used to be fun. You guys want me Easy. to? Uh, you want me to go to the grocery store today and bring in some uh, punchkis tomorrow? What's a punchki? Jimmy, I don't know. All right, I'll bring in punchkis. I've tomorrow. been told. Uh, I've been told to try a king cake. King I've never cake. had yes. one of those. Well, Kellyanne brought the king cake. You guys went around and there who were who had the people. baby? Uh, there was uh, somebody in this building that found the baby. All right, it's on them to make it next year. Fantastic king cake from Kellyanne. King cakes. So tomorrow we'll do punchki. I'll right, bring in uh, some punchki. I'm looking forward to what punchki is. Well, you know, you have a Google, or we could have jelly rolls. You guys, are, yeah, <laughs> the food. I, I think you guys are. You guys, are, I'm, I'm feeling very, very violated that you guys are knocking jelly rolls. I'm not knocking jelly rolls. Listen, no way. Just didn't fact, know who he was. The fact that I didn't know who he was is, I mean, no, no, I'm, no, I'm no, dissing you him. You guys are going off on his name. Now, to be fair, there was a bagel story on the TV as you were saying this, so that's where my mind <laughs> well, naturally went. It is went. still breakfast time. Like a jelly roll. I think of a jelly donut. I think you guys are turned off by his uh, the sign of the cross underneath his right eye. <laughs> oh, now, come on. He's I've, very, he, I've very never been critical sturdy. of people with face tattoos. <laughs> he's a very pious individual. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think Jimmy's accurate, and, yeah, he, he would be your interior guy in 3-4. Oh, he'd be He's great. the run stopper. Like Ted Washington back in the day? Yep. So you're saying that Tony White should maybe make an yeah. appearance here? Yeah, just, I mean, hey, again, Leave no, leave no stone unturned. Uh, after following Son of a Sinner, uh, or not Son of a Sinner, but Jelly Roll on uh, TikTok, because <laughs> he stops along the way. Yeah, I don't think he's... Eh. Not nimble? Take, I mean, he might need more than winter and summer conditioning. Oh, okay. If you know what I mean. Okay. Fair. All right, uh, we had uh, winners in our uh, Cocaine Bear giveaway. Kevin uh, and Kevin, congratulations. Kevin and Kevin. That'd right. be a good afternoon show, 1620. <laughs> Ditka, that was the answer. Yeah. Uh, Mike Ditka is the number 89 that's retired, and yeah. Cindy is uh, Yogi's girlfriend. And it wasn't, uh, who, someone suggested, mm. was it Crank? Yes. Not cocaine, by the no. way. We're not, okay, never mind. 
I mean, it's timely. We'll have more tickets to give away <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Great show, everybody. <laughs> a happy President's Day. Enjoy a beer with your favorite president. Courtesy of uh, Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.